Naomi, you're really good in the ring. You're probably the most athletic girl that I've ever met. And you wowed the WWE universe the first time you came out. Now me, on the other hand, I was a last minute replacement. Um, I had the least experience out of everyone out here. And I literally had my first match ever on NXT. But the difference between you and I, you wowed them at first and then you flatlined. But I stepped it up. So after time, I'll be good in the ring just like you, but there's one thing that you can't teach, and that's personality. <laughs> that promo just flatlined. <laughs> The future is now. Welcome to the season three finale of Half K NXT. Your boy, Primo Nando. And Larry, Larry. Period. Exactly. Because we are in the home stretch. So we are finally signing off with our season three pro and rookie, Nando. Larry, Larry. That's true. That's true. Because these are these uh this is the last time you're going to see us here. Yes. Before uh, season four hosts come and take over. <laughs> I I don't even know who those guys are going to be yet. We still have to figure out the the contract signing there to see who. Uh, you know. You know how that contract signing is going to go to violence. Yes. Fast. <laughs> but there's something. <laughs> but violence. There's there's some free agents out there, so we might even bring in the former. Zelina Vega or something. You know, you never know. You never oh. know. You never, you never know with season four. <laughs> hey man, season four is gonna be a hoot. I can already tell. I'm also very happy that we're about four episodes into finally clearing out the 2010 era. <laughs> where I've I've been seeing those same thumbnails for probably the last two two years that we've been doing this. <laughs> so I'm so happy that pretty soon we'll we'll be able to switch it over to uh 2011 at that point <laughs> it's kind of bittersweet though because i really enjoyed how uh you know we're going to be stuck on 2011 for a while though but oh, yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed how it, it it some of this stuff lined up almost 10 years to the week yeah and, and we we definitely would have been way more ahead by now if it wasn't for everything going on but it's uh yeah you're right even with the the slight break that we took it was still where, uh, yeah, we were, we were able to still get around the ten year uh, point of, during during that whole time. So yeah, I'm pretty happy. Uh, cool. So welcome back, everybody. This is it. This is the season finale for NXT season three. The the interesting part, and I'll definitely get into this more towards the end of the episode, but. It it was definitely an interesting ride, especially towards the later half of the season, because there's a lot of stuff I didn't either remember or don't even remember remember watching it the first time around. So uh mm-hmm. it's very, very interesting to go through it. 
but yeah, we'll we'll get started because this is a jam-packed episode where we'll be covering the finale, but we'll also start doing some introductions for the season four pros and rookies. So a very jam-packed episode. Alrighty. God dang right. This is technically episode 41. Uh, this occurred on November 30th, 2010 at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia. So, Pete, this. Watch. I got something. All right. All right. So, I think they pronounce it out there like Norfolk. Like, like one of those letters does not get pronounced. So, this is similar to like the the European Norfolk, right? Because I think uh, yeah, it's a it's like I think they're they're named after the same thing. Like the you got whoever this Norfolk dude is. Like he was running stuff, I guess, in Europe, and it was like, yo, let's name stuff after. Because I think that's where uh, Kip Sabian is from. Because ah, uh, that, okay, that's why I remember it so much because I always hear Justin Roberts everywhere every week uh, pronounce it. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so it's like the same thing. Yeah, so Norfolk. Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was interesting is that they were actually just in Virginia two episodes ago. So it's kind of interesting that they skipped to a different state and then just came back to Virginia at that point. So kind of a bonus fun fact for Yeah, what they like went down to Florida and came back. <laughs> yeah. It was it was really random. I don't know why. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so as we mentioned, this is the season three finale and we kind of get a quick video recap highlighting the two finalists nothing uh nothing too crazy here because it was pretty much where they were just highlighting naomi and caitlin but they did pretty good uh they did a pretty good job here just because they were focusing more on caitlin's kind of like overall story with vicky and everything and similar to what we talked about with Naomi, where since she didn't really have like a like a storyline storyline, they pretty much highlighted her uh, accomplishments through the challenges. So I thought that was really cool because I'd already forgotten about some of the challenges that she had won in the beginning of the season. So that was a, a pretty good recap. But yeah, overall, that's, uh, that's really true because she won a lot of those mm-hmm like challenges she would just take off and run really fast or jump really high and do some stuff like that so it's really interesting to see kind of how you know when we get to when we got to our finalists here it was like yo it's one of them who really really excelled at having a Mm storyline versus the other who really just excelled at being a professional wrestler Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what I got out of the video package because I I didn't even make that comparison. I know we had talked about her being the only one that didn't have a storyline focus, but then yeah, this video package reminded me about how how much she stood out on the uh, athleticism and challenge part of it. So after that, then we go to uh, the intro, and of all weeks where you don't have pyro. <laughs> This is the first time that they haven't had pyro in weeks. And it was kind of ironic is because it's for the finale and you would figure that they would have pyro, but no pyro. You figured they would proverbially want to literally go out with a bang. Yeah, but no. <laughs> that, 
I I feel like that was done on purpose. I don't know why. <laughs> I I have a it, hunch. You know, it might have been. Yeah. This isn't when they cut Pyro, was it? Because we're still a ways off from that. Yeah, we're still a long way from it. So like but it was still years. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens in season four. <laughs> mm. So Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole actually uh, starts off this episode, which was kind of uh, different. Ladies and gentlemen, over the past 24 hours, the world has been talking about what I did last night on Monday Night Raw when I entered the ring during Jerry the King Lawler's WWE Championship matchup versus The Miz, tables, ladders, and chairs. I rushed the ring, I grabbed the King's leg, I pulled him off the ladder, and I cost him the WWE Championship. Why I did what I did, I still have not been able to figure out today, and I'm going to attempt to talk to Jerry the King Lawler uh, privately about this matter, but I'm going to reserve all comments until next Monday night on Raw. Well, look, I'm glad that you uh, got that off your chest, but this is a huge night here on NXT. It's the season three finale, Cole. We're going to find out who is the WWE's next breakout diva. With that said, let's send things over to our host, Matt Stryker. It was... uh. Yeah, it was, it's kind of interesting how they started. I guess that's the main reason maybe why they also didn't have Pyro, but it was still just kind of weird that we had no Pyro and then we kicked off the show with like a completely NXT-less storyline because this was pretty much a storyline stemming off from Raw. So, yeah. And then um, when when they have like Michael Cole give those monologues to like the, uh, like the TV audience, I, I forget, does... Does the uh like live audience do they get to hear that? No, this is still just you just kind of like sit there like because I I think at that point they don't even they don't even show them on the Titantron or anything. I think wh- mm. whatever they do, they probably just keep they probably just keep the the theme song playing for a little bit longer until until you hear Matt Stryker. I I, I would assume that's how they did it for the live crowd at that point. I got you. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because they even do that sometimes for when they're coming back from commercial break when uh, you can hear the announcers at home plugging like Skittles or whatever it is. Uh, That's right. Yeah. But they keep like the re- right. they keep the wrestlers theme playing a, a little bit longer until you hear the, the bell ring or something like that. It's been so long. I mean, I mean, not really, but like it's like it's almost foreign how crowd operations work now I'm like how did they used to do that like, yeah i know it's it's kind of creepy how we were there earlier this year and since then <laughs> yeah it's just extra weird knowing that we was just in like houston <laughs> yeah it's like oh man we was on planes oh god ew <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> but yeah so <laughs> Afterwards, then, yeah, we get uh, started with the actual show after that Michael Cole intro. And Josh actually does a good job of keeping everything back on track and getting over the importance of the season finale. Stryker then introduces Vicky, which, uh, you know, Vicky comes out and she's still kind of uh, in heel mode and doesn't um, doesn't really want to be there because she even though she's the pro of 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 a finalist she's still not really getting along with caitlin at this point but she introduces her and caitlin comes down uh i don't know what it was but there was there was this part where on my end like the network kept freezing for me during this part but 
there was a there was a girl be, because I saw it multiple multiple times because I had to like rewind because it kept freezing in that specific part. But there was this girl that had an excuse me sign, but it was spelled E X U S I. So she uh, she misspelled it. But it, it's it, it's just funny. It's just funny to me how either the cameraman or the producers whenever they highlight signs that are misspelled either that they don't know that it's misspelled or they just can't find like another fan that has a sign of like the specific wrestler that they want to like highlight you know what i mean maybe they're just being jerks (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like hey man uh whenever you find one that's spelled wrong zoom in <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that too you're probably right we're just giving just them something like extra to do to make sure they're like paying attention it's like man how do i know which signs are better no like you don't know which signs are better yeah. it's the ones that are spelled wrong bro yeah, look yeah. for those yeah and then pro- the other ones that are good will pop up around it's like, oh word you're probably right it, they're probably just like pulling ribs for themselves <laughs> that's what it's it's whole organization bro everybody's ribbing everybody <laughs> from top to bottom yeah I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Striker Striker introduces uh Naomi next and so automatically I I know they'll, they'll they'll explain it in a second but automatically in my head because this was my first time watching this episode in forever I was like where the hell is Kelly Kelly like even Vicky came out and introduced her her rookie and then yeah you just see poor Naomi coming out by herself uh but as soon as she hits the ring then Striker does uh, address it and says that oh yeah unfortunately your pro couldn't be here because she's uh overseas right now to do the tribute to the troops but she had a special video uh made up for you and pretty much it was just kelly kelly just you know congratulating her and saying she was really proud of her for being in the finals and that she wasn't available for uh for the show (laughs) whack i know (laughs) (laughs) it's so whack like i mean i get it it's it's a noble cause but come on dog you could have you could have sat that one out or they it probably wasn't her choice i'd imagine yeah or maybe it was but like you one would think like you know you would it would have been a much better look just to have your pro there like it's kind of awkward it was it was very awkward because like i understand that like kelly kelly's stock was definitely a lot higher in that time in that time because yeah she was pretty much i would say like the late 2000s version of uh like a tori wilson or um Mm. or like a trish stratus she as far as being like she was like the feature blonde at a time right exactly that's what i mean like her like she was like like, her and michelle mccool were like the feature blondes mm mm-hmm so I understand like why, because yeah, the tributes to the troops was still like a big, big deal back then. And then, yeah, like usually that spot would have been for like a Trish or like a, a Tory Wilson, but since, oh, yeah, uh, like the all American chick spot right there. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Kelly Kelly definitely fit that mold. And I, I understand it from, from a business point, but yeah, it was kind of crappy for Naomi that she didn't have her her pro there at the time for nxt purposes and like storyline purposes it was kind of like oh man that's like it ruined the the finale of it even though like you know the season was kind of tumultuous yeah (laughs) but like it was still like you know it still would have been nice to have like that culmination with everybody there it would have just been more i guess fulfilling yeah 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 no i agree we'll see what happens (laughs) throughout the episode (laughs) 
So before uh before we get into more of it, yeah, like Vicky was actually uh continuing her her amazing heel heat when uh she was answering for Caitlyn. So she's still getting like tremendous heat and being the best heel of uh of the season. She even brought up uh Aloisa and saying that like, yeah, I fired her at the beginning of the season and like uh it wasn't my choice to to have you or whatever. So yeah, just doing a lot of amazing uh heat against the crowd and and to Caitlyn. Uh and then Caitlyn kind of did like a heel move because she kind of like fat shamed Vicky during this promo and she pushed her uh as as like Vicky was trying to leave. So, I mean, at the time, like the crowd ate it up, but if she were to do the oh, yeah, exact that's, same that that stuff at the time was like acceptable. Yeah, was, yeah. But and if, like encouraged almost. Exactly, yeah. But if Caitlyn would have done that nowadays yeah she wouldn't have got the same reception that yeah, ripped her apart on twitter and she'd have got fired yeah. or like <laughs> so that just that just shows you the uh the different times that we're in <laughs> hey man times change and they change fast this is only 10 years ago bro yeah so after that then we uh we actually kick off the the video pack the or i should say we kick off the short video packages for the rookies in season four. So they're, they're trying to do like a sneak peek for, uh, for the audience. Uh, so we're definitely going to cover those, but what we decided to do with this episode is that we're actually just going to compact all those promo videos at the end of our episode. So that way, uh, we just have more like a smoother, uh, segue between like the season, three finale and then we can start talking about season four at the very end of our podcast uh so i'm just letting folks know that now in case you were wondering like why we weren't talking about them now we'll definitely get to them at the end of the episode so uh don't worry we we got your boys at that point (laughs) god damn right cool man all right so we move into the next or actually the first matchup of the evening Mm-hmm. We get uh we get some returning competitors. We get the Bella Twins plus AJ versus Alicia Fox, Oksana, and Miss Ice Queen always on top, Maxine herself. Yes. So uh the ladies make their entrance down to the ring. You know, um, I feel like I never really notice that um Alicia Fox has almost like a generic hot in her remix up until oh, like yeah. this this season. I'm just like listening to it. And I'm like, that sounds like it's hot in her, but like the the MIDI or the generic version of it. Mm-hmm. And it was running pretty long too. I was like, you know, I feel like I never even heard this last part of it. And then uh so the match gets ready to start, and then you know, they lock up, uh, they do some good stuff. But like kind of when the match starts in the beginning, Cole slips in a, a really kind of like backhanded compliment that i like keyed in on the seconds because i told you like i told you to, uh i watched the episode twice i keyed in it on the second time this fool said uh the only reason we put six divas in this match is because we make up for quality with quantity and i heard it and i was crying laughing <laughs> absolutely six diva tag team action on a season that is mercifully drawing to a close well, the reason we put six divas in this matchup is because what we can't make up for in quality, we make up for in quantity or something like that. 
Man, but like um the in-ring match, like the the action in ring wasn't bad either. So it was very interesting because I'm not gonna lie, I don't know which belly it was that started off with Oksana, but they had one of those bellies in there. Yeah. And then um, you know, Oksana's very green, but she did really good in setting for moves that I think were probably kind of a little bit more elevated out of her skill set. Like uh Bella Twin was throwing out like some um she did that one thing that um that X Pac used to do where you put the leg over their head and they almost have like you in a rocker dropper and then they stand up and oh, do yeah, a little yeah. backflip. Yeah, like yeah. it's not a simple thing to set for. And then like uh Oksana set for that, it really good, got her over. That was dope because you know, I feel like that was the first time like she kind of set for that move. So that was really cool. Yeah. You know, uh, at some point we got kind of like Oksana cleaning house on people. She was like beating up people standing on the sideline. She was handling whatever Bella Twin was in the middle of the ring and whatnot. Um, you know, they make the tag over to Maxine. It's always great to see her still on top of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doing her thing. <laughs> so that was really good. You know, the match kind of goes on. Is one thing that I thought was really cool once we got uh, like Alicia Fox in the ring was seeing her work with AJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of like seeing Alicia Fox manhandle AJ, and at the same time, just knowing that AJ is one of the types of bumpers that kind of like go willy nilly and like over bump. So it looked it made uh, Alicia Fox look extra strong. You know what I mean? And then so we get uh, now. This is one thing I did really wanted to bring up that I think. Uh, like Alicia Fox might have like a top five WWE Northern Light suplex ever. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe even top three because it's been looking good forever. Like she hits it and she always bridges rights on the toes when she gets down. And then with this one, she like rolled back and went into the pin, which was like extra interesting. I thought it's like one of the earlier people that you've seen do kind of before. Um, it, it, Almost like that float over going back was like the prelude to the repeating uh Northern Light suplexes that one of the the uh, young bucks does. The the thing with that too, I, I I can't even think of anyone else who does it really good other than her and Ultimo Dragon. So I I definitely would agree with you that I I think she's probably either in the top five or top three just because like I know other people do it well, but top of my head, yeah, I can only think of her and Ultimo Dragon having like these really pretty uh, Northern Light suplex. You know, man. If I'm thinking about it right now, probably her, Ultimo, Ricochet, just because, like, he'll hit the, uh, he'll go Northern Lights and he floats over. And then I think he does, like, a suplex or, like, a brain buster after that. And then, you know, he whose name should really not be spoken, like, Chris Benoit had a beautiful uh, Northern Lights suplex. He had a really good one. Like saying Taz is almost like cheating because he just had like a beautiful <laughs> everything suplex. Yeah. But uh I mean, needless to say, like Alicia Fox is definitely up there in like most beautiful looking Northern Light suplex. Northern Light suplex is like a slept on as a, a cool suplex. And then at the same time, you know, the counter of that is a DDT. And you feel I feel like you don't see that enough. It's like he's already got you there. But <laughs> I digress. So after we get there, we get one of the bells back in there. We get a, a really dope. I mean, they go for like once we kind of move towards the, the finish of the match, it was a short match. It only ended up being like three minutes, 52 seconds total. But like the match escalates at the end. We get a Bella Buster. Not an X Factor, not a Face Buster. We get a Bella Buster. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we get like a, some pin breakups. And then so uh, AJ sneaks her way up to the top rope. 
against Magazine, who had just broken up, either broken up a pin or like kicked out of a pin. She turns around and AJ hits her with a flying crossbody, picks up the win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like the flying crossbody should pick up more wins. It's, it should be like a um, like a big match roll up. Like, <laughs> but no, uh, no, you know, it was it was a nice one, too. Like the, the set for it, the bump for it, the catch. And then AJ got some good air on that flying crossbody. We get uh, Primo snuck his way in the ring. To hang out with uh, the winning team of AJ and the Bella Twins, and he managed to Mac on get his Mac on continuing from uh, some other episodes ago when he's getting his Mac on with CM Punk's wife. Yeah, but hey, you know that that ma- that was essentially that match in a nutshell. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. It was like it it was a short sprint, but still long enough for everybody to get their stuff in. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I I completely agree with you. Where they uh they actually look like a pretty good team the the bellas and aj so i i definitely thought that they did a good job obviously the other team were kind of outnumbered because it was just three rookie divas so if you were looking at it from a half k kind of point of view <laughs> it was uh two pros and a rookie going up against three rookies so it was a little a little unba- unbalanced to begin with but either way i, I still think they did a good job the, they could have. Why didn't they just do three on three, like three pros versus three rookies? I know. <laughs> In retrospect, like now that you kind of like broke down the metrics of it, I'm like, wait a minute, he's absolutely right. Why didn't you just put AJ with Oxana and Maxine? Nobody remembers that Oxana and Maxine were heels. Nobody cares. They just want to see them wrestle each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the on. The the only other thing I I mentioned with this matchup was there was a a part in the in the probably in the middle of the match is what I remember that uh, Michael Cole <laughs> Michael Cole said that this is the the worst time of his life and he literally just <laughs> he starts recapping everything that happened to him throughout the season. This has been the most horrible experience of my life the last thirteen weeks or wherever it's been. And then I had the, the gong banned from ringside. A lot happened this season. Does that include last night, Cole? Well, you know, what happened this season was I quit. Okay. I quit NXT. Yeah. And then I came back the next week. That, yeah. Because NXT wouldn't. Are you really giving everyone the timeline of what you me. did on yeah. NXT? Uh, I used to gong this year. Yeah, and then it got taken away from you because uh, you were annoying with it. Because of me, Naomi won the dance competition. Hey, I don't even remember the dance competition. Oh, I do. I did kind of like uh, overhear that in the background, but I was like so focused on the match, like it kind of went over my head. I'm glad you brought that back up. Yeah, yeah. That to me, that was like probably the standout from uh, from the commentary team uh, throughout the night. But yeah, it was just pretty entertaining that it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious! Oh my goodness! All right, so then um, after the match, we go to a commercial, and we come back with a good old segment. In ring promo, diss the diva. What is this part seven? God knows, God <laughs> knows know, how right? many times they've like done this. Is this? We're definitely in the DVD sequels at this point. But um, you know, when I thought about it, and I was like, you know, on paper, like Naomi's been pretty solid with dissing other people. Mm-hmm. She should get in there and just handle business and just rip her to shreds. But you know, it was all right. Uh. You know, that was just like my initial impression going into it. So then we start with uh, Caitlin, who kind of, I mean, you know, it was her delivery was very kind of like 
monotone, but the things that she was saying made a lot of sense. Mm. She was saying that, you know, she went from, or no, she was describing how uh, Naomi from the jump was really good. And, uh, you know, she was doing her thing and she impressed the judges from the jump from like, wow, 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 wow. And then, you know, she went to describe herself, which was was kind of like good. Uh, now that I think about it, it's good, good on Vicky's behalf to have kind of set this up for her. Yeah. In the beginning, when she talked about how she like got rid of Aloisa and, and you know, got stuck with with uh, Caitlin. So on the flip side, Caitlin flipped it like, you know, I wasn't I was like I got called into this like two days before I was a last minute feeling exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I had my first match on NXT and now like I'm in the final. So like whereas you started off dope in the beginning, you kind of plateaued. Whereas me, on the other hand, I came from started from the bottom now we're here and then <laughs> and then she was like you know uh all that stuff is cool but one day i'm gonna be as good as you and one thing you can't teach is like a personality yeah and i yeah, was yeah. like can't be mad at that makes a lot of sense not really lying bro <laughs> that that's the uh I'm, I'm glad that you got all the details because that that's the main thing that i had where i had like caitlin cut a good promo and she all she really did was spit like truth like she was spitting facts so i was i kind of i mean I'll, I'll let you cover what naomi says but in my opinion i think caitlin kind of kind of got her in in this promo right here mm-hmm. you know it was it was interesting and then so on the flip side of that we get naomi and then uh she begins her kind of like her monologue her promo against her opponent and whatnot and she's going in on you know her uh i felt like her delivery was better because it, it sounded a little bit more confident but then at the same time it sounded like it was very written and exactly. it was yeah, uh, yeah. like memorized which is why it came out so well she you know she was kind of like you know this has been my dream it was almost like she gave that boyhood dream speech girlhood <laughs> dream speech yeah <laughs> um but then like you know what really messed me up in this one was michael <laughs> like uh i think naomi says something about like this is her time being now now from there i like i lost it because michael cole in the background he starts singing like uh john cena's theme he goes my time's up time is now you can't see me <laughs> and then like so like i told you i watched this episode twice so i heard it the first time and i was crying laughing and i heard it the second time crying laughing and then so uh naomi does her thing delivers her promo and then i kind of broke it down as almost it was like generic but well-spoken with naomi mm-hmm. versus like kind of bland but super factual from uh Caitlyn and if I had to give them both grades kind of like right now on the spot cuz I didn't do it initially I'd probably honestly go 3 to Naomi just cuz it was it was very standard and straightforward and almost kind of like you know we didn't heard it before and then I'd, I'd probably give the slight edge to to caitlin of like a probably like a 3.5 or even a four yeah just yeah. for being like just for c- capitalizing off of uh the the long-term booking from kind of like the setup the handoff from vicky and then going in and like spitting your own truths and at the same time it, it was it was very well delivered because it was never it was not a diss to the opponent because it was like, yo, you're good at this. 
I came out of nowhere. I got better. Wasn't supposed to be here. You plateaued. I'm going to get better than you. It was, you know, it had a good like beginning, like setup. It rose up and then you got the climax of what the ultimately the point was. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that it was just better, better crafted. So I'd give, you know, if we were giving them grades, I'd give that uh, advantage to Caitlin. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I completely agree with you just, just because of, yeah, like I think it's kind of similar to when you, uh, when you do the, the battle raps where like, if you go first, like you can sometimes control the pace of the entire battle because what, yeah. uh, what Caitlin kind of did there is, yeah, like she told everything and all she did was told, uh, she was just telling facts and, so it wasn't like she was cutting a heel or baby face promo. She was just kind of stating the facts and uh, yeah, it, it kind of resonated with the crowd too. Like you can hear like a lot of them were popping when, when she had mentioned like, Oh yeah, like this was my first match ever on TV on, on mm-hmm. NXT. Uh, so yeah, the, the crowd was kind of behind her at that point. And I think, yeah, the same thing, like when the crowd started hearing Naomi's, it sounded too good that uh, people were, I, I may have heard just like a, a a little smutter of booze just because it did kind of sound more like a like a John Cena babyface promo that pe- that's what I was thinking yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it was kind of like a John Cena Roman Reigns kind of like it was who else used to do that all the time we could even make it relevant with like this season it was kind of like a um Jamie Keys promo yeah, exactly yeah 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 and yeah Naomi usually didn't cut those like she did more like you can tell it was off the cuff. Uh, promos yeah. and this one yeah I agree with you that it sounded a, lo- a little bit more just rehearsed because I, I imagine she probably had some time to kind of think it over compared to yeah and, and I don't think it's bad to come with something that's more rehearsed but I guess it just it just didn't come out natural for her yeah 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 very true yeah overall I think that was probably even though there was only two of them I, I think I, I really enjoyed that this the diva segment just because they were able to kind of have a little bit more time since I think it was I think it was a minute each. So um, compared to previous ones where each girl only had like 30 seconds or whatever. I agree. No, I I, I agree a hundred percent. I thought that um, this was one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both girls came with good, just good points. And, you know, they came with good material and they came with clear messages. Nobody kind of just rambled on with, you know, just kind of like filler everything was straight to the point so i i enjoyed i enjoyed i enjoyed these a lot yeah nice yeah so right after that like since both girls were still in the ring striker even said like well now that you uh talk you know talk your trash now you're you're gonna go one-on-one uh (laughs) so from there they they just went to a, a quick commercial break and obviously there there were no entrances since the girls were still in the ring uh so from there they yeah they just kind of started going going against each other and the uh this line from michael cole made me uh laugh out loud for real where i'll i'll make sure to play it just to do it justice to take advantage and naomi kicks out Cole, you think whoever wins this match should basically win nxt season three nah, i don't care <laughs> as vicky looks on of course the pro to caitlin i think it was just the more i think it was just the way that josh was excited to ask the question and then cole just gave such a like deadpan delivery i, I think that's why it made me laugh hey, you know man i got i got weird vibes from uh 
from from Josh's this episode, right? I, I couldn't like kind of like get a, a steady, consistent pulse on his alignment because sometimes both him and Cole would just be ragging on everything that's going on. And then sometimes like Josh would be super excited to what's going on. I'm like, look, bro, make your mind up cuz. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he definitely did that a lot th- throughout the night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Both, uh, both rookies actually hit this really kind of awkward shoulder tackle at, at the beginning of the match. And they, they kind of struggled there because I, I think they probably both got nervous and just kind of took it easy after that point. Caitlin actually, yeah. After they had done that, then they ran another spot where, Caitlin actually almost like necked herself on the the bottom rope and it, it looked kind of scary, but thankfully like yeah. nothing, no, nothing really happened to her during that part. But I, I'm guessing they just kind of got nervous after doing that double shoulder tackle and then they were just trying to rush to the next spot. But um, after that, yeah, they, they were able to kind of um, just re- recollect themselves and, and, and try to go back into the match. Uh, probably one of the better spots that I saw was, when Caitlyn did her overhead uh, flip, and then uh, and then like Naomi went onto the uh, apron to the outside, so I I it looked really really good, and then Naomi did that same thing that she's been doing for the last couple of weeks, where she does that spinning heel kick into the corner and then lands onto the the apron. So she actually landed it really well on the apron. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that she kind of persisted with that move throughout the season and landed it really well <laughs> during this matchup. The uh, I feel like like Naomi had the most solid like moveset mm-hmm. for the whole season. Like she had really like defined moves like versus, you know, as well as AJ is in the ring and all that stuff. She didn't really have a lot of like signature moves up until the end where she started using the um the Black Widow. But yeah. before that, it seemed like Naomi just kind of like had a uh kind of defined moveset from the jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you can like we had mentioned it several times throughout the season, like you can tell she was the most seasoned rookie so so to speak, even though that Naomi probably was already better than some of the pros with like Kelly Kelly and the Bellas, so that just spoke to you on like how how uh, how much athleticism she had and was already like way beyond um, her experience in the mm-hmm. ring. So yeah, really really good job. And then in the closing sequence, the only weird part. Oh, actually, I should say throughout the match, um, Caitlin was actually working on uh, on Naomi's leg. So that actually came into favor at the end of the match because. In the closing sequence, uh, Naomi was just kind of going for like a regular suplex. And then when she kind of lifted her up, then that's when Caitlin reversed it and then rolled her into a small package to pick up the win, which I I was totally surprised because for the majority, Naomi was actually um, was taking the advantage during the match. I mean, <laughs> that's because uh, Caitlin was throwing out all them high impact finishers from the jump. Man, she started off the match with a roll up, mm-hmm. and she threw that. <laughs> she threw that man that that uh, big match roll up at the end with the schoolboy man or the school on package, bro. You can't survive all of those. Yeah, in NXT. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, the uh, the surprise win by by Caitlin, but yeah, she she did kind of. I forgot to mention at the beginning. Uh, yeah, she was kind of working the leg, so it, it finally came back to uh, 
her advantage at, at the end of the match and uh, getting the win at 5-14. So yeah, it was a bit of a longer match. After the uh, after the match, then yeah, Vicky uh, continued to heal it up. And I don't know where we get, uh, or I should say Vicky <laughs> introduced her, her boyfriend and the intercontinental champion, Mr. Ziggles. And we'll, uh, I am perfection. <laughs> and uh, we'll get we'll get more to him towards the end of our episode. But yeah, she he was pretty much introducing his his rookie at that point. After uh, after the matchup, then we had just like a little mini segment here where Matt Stryker was just asking the pros to kind of uh, cast their final votes for the the finalists. Uh, same thing. They pretty much just kind of circled around and then cut to commercial break at that point. And afterwards, then we had the raw rebound. And I think this will be probably the last raw rebound that we'll do <laughs> just because now we're, <laughs> we're, we're starting to um, get away from the John Cena, Wade Barrett storyline. And this one, uh, we'll still cover it because this one does involve our boy, a Rye, who was in the uh, mm-hmm. season. It, uh, see, it involves some alumni of NXT. Yeah, exactly. So we'll still cover this last Raw rebound. And plus, since it did involve Michael Cole at the very beginning of the show, they're pretty much just recapping what what had happened on Monday Night Raw. Uh, so for those who didn't know, <laughs> like the um, the Miz was the WWE champion at this time frame. And Jerry... Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was kind of calling him out because like the Miz was just, you know, being a jerk and everything. And then uh, Lawler actually challenged him to a WWE title match. And not only that, it was a TLC match, which I never, mm-hmm. I never thought I would be able to say that, that Jerry the King Lawler was a part of a TLC match, but I don't remember none of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Oh, I, I should, I forgot to mention that this also happened because they were mentioning that, the Slammy Awards was going to happen and it was going to be a a special three hour version of Raw. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I t- oh, special three, special three hours. Yeah. Oh. Instead of standard three hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So th- these were definitely better times when <laughs> it was still just two, two hour Raws. Uh, so at the, at the end of this matchup between the King and uh, the Miz, the Miz was actually thrown into a table by the uh, by the King, and as the King was actually climbing up to get the WWE title, which he could have got, then that's when Michael Cole like left his announcer's desk and went inside the ring and kind of just like held the ladder and distracted. Uh, he like grabbed his ankle slightly, yeah, so yeah, then yeah. Jerry Lawler climbed all the way down to beat him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then the Miz came back and then yeah nailed the King with the WWE or with the um with the oh I, no I I'm lying so the Miz came back in they both went to the top of the ladder and then from there the Miz hit him with the WWE title that was uh, hanging and then yeah like the Miz was able to retain his title at that point uh, and then we cut back to Michael Cole in uh in real time and he just kind of says the same thing that he had mentioned at the top of the hour where um, he just mentioned that I'll, I'll pretty much address it on next, next, uh, next Monday night raw. So they're pretty much trying to keep that storyline separate from NXT. So we'll see how, 
how it goes next week on the um, season premiere of season four. Uh, after that, then we have a surprise because they bring back all the former rookie divas to kind of get like their feedback from. I liked it. I liked it. You know, I, I, uh, I thought it was good, man. It was good to see all of them. You know, um, they had them all lined up. I forgot how buff uh, Jamie Keys was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a nice reminder. It's like, man, she's like super yoked, bro. And then, um, you know, they asked her like who who they asked all of them actually who they thought were gonna win. And then, you know, I I forgot how much of a crowd panderer that uh Jamie Keys was, and how good how good at edited she is too. She's just like bread and butter because she was the announcer. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that thing, asked her the opinion, and like kind of like led it super energetic. So that was really cool. Um, next person up was AJ. We already know who AJ was going to go for. And, you know, it, it'd been very surprising to not see her go for Caitlyn. It'd almost be insulting if she didn't go for Caitlyn. Exactly. Yeah. Next, we got Maxine. Um, Maxine did a good job at uh, doing her thing, putting herself over while at the same time, like giving a, a legitimate opinion. She was like, well, I don't really have to give a reason. Or she was like, I picked Naomi. I don't really have to give a reason to why I picked Naomi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she's kind of still did her own thing. They uh, introduced her as the resident ice queen. And also, uh, go she's ahead. De- oh, no, I was just going to say, she's definitely still probably one of the better, uh, the better ones on the mic. Just because, yeah, she's able to, like, s- develop her own character. And then, as you say, kind of s- still stay to the, like, the gimmick of uh of the show so she she did a really good job in my opinion that yeah she's still in my opinion one of the best best women on the mic during that time these are facts these are absolute facts i agree you know she did her thing uh striker said that she was cole's favorite she like blew a kiss at him so that was oh, dope yeah. too. <laughs> um <laughs> so that was straight uh she went with naomi as well that was dope or actually yeah so jamie said naomi should win Caitlyn's best friend AJ said she should win. Yeah. Maxine went with Naomi. Oksana's next. And <laughs> and then Oksana's like kind of uh flirt with Striker. She asked that fool if he was like single. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was hilarious. Cause you know, she's getting ready to get divorced from old Goldie. And then Gold does was uh doing some 2010 stuff. He was like, Won't you just won't you just shut it? Nobody understands what you're saying anyway. <laughs> and I was like, in yeah, my yeah. head, I was like, you know, that's kind of inappropriate, bro. English ain't yeah, the first yeah. language. But then uh, <laughs> Oksana does the Oksana thing and picks herself as a winner. And yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. You kind of walked into that being made fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> you know, so that was that was good to see all the uh the competitors and past contestants, you know, kind of go full circle after they ended. already had matches, came in, did thing. And then um, you know, we go straight to it. We go straight to uh to the next segment. You know, we're gonna get straight into the announcing of the winner. Um, they do the thing mm-hmm. where they flip the the faces back and forth, which is kind of weird with only two faces because it's like, yeah, we, we get it. We I see you. And then um Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Michael Cole that it says that his uh palms are sweaty. And I was like, mom spaghetti. Yeah, I know. And then uh <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> we get the the announcement. This is the moment you've been waiting for. Are you guys ready? The WWE pros have voted, the WWE universe has spoken. 
from one of you, a dream is about to come true. Let's find out who it's gonna be. Congratulations, Caitlin! We get our winner, and it's Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I personally remembered this after the last episode. I was more uh, surprised because I thought it was AJ and Caitlin at the end. Me too. So it was really surprising me for the last episode to see Naomi and Caitlin, but I still remember that Caitlin ends up winning this. But it was like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they told them that because they both were had genuine reactions. Like, it was like really surprising for both of them. Like Naomi Danvert cried and it was like, oh, so like yeah. it was really cool to kind of see how they 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 went about that. It was, you know, for me, it wasn't a. It was almost kind of like, like when I when I sat back and I was watching the episode with the the hindsight of knowing that Caitlyn won, I was like, you almost kind of set it up for her to win, too. It was uh, it was interesting because I think similar to what I had brought up earlier in the season is that from all the podcasts and interviews that I've listened to from the season one and season two competitors, they had all mentioned that, yeah, like they had to follow the, the actual contest rules, similar to, similar to any other reality show. So it did seem like they were genuinely making this like a, a legit contest. The only difference between this season is that they weren't really mentioning anything about like what the, what the women would receive as a very true as a, as a reward, because even when Caitlin won, they didn't really say like if she was going to be like the next breakout star or if she was going to get a title shot or anything, they just said like she was the winner, but they didn't really announce like what she was going to get. Um, but in my opinion, yeah, it was probably just like pretty much getting a spot on raw or SmackDown that she was going to get, I guess. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that was the only that was the only weird thing about like how throughout the season they were making it somewhat of a big deal that they had the win, but they didn't really specify like what they were actually. Did you really have to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh man, we and the winner, and like they announced the winner, it just goes straight to the theme song. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, yeah, but what yeah. you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I thought that was good. And like how you had mentioned, like you can tell that both girls were genuinely emotional during this because when they announced the winner, Stryker had interviewed Naomi first because he wanted to get the runners up um, feedback on like what she thought. And yeah, Naomi cut like a pretty emotional promo and I'll play like some snippets. It's bittersweet. I wish it could have been me, but uh, I'm happy for Caitlin. I think we all worked hard and I am proud of her. So that's it. Once again, thank you, Naomi. Now let's hear from the WWE's next breakout diva, Caitlyn. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. I can't. It's like a dream come true. One second I got a call two days before season three started, and I didn't even have anything to wear, and literally had my first match ever on TV and I just, I want to thank everyone, even my ridiculous pro, Vicky Guerrero. The world may only know who I am because of her now, but I've, I, 
I can only hope that you guys cheer for me and support me for who I am and for who I will become. So thank you so much for all the votes and all the support. And thank you, pros, and all the rookies, and Naomi, you're awesome. You're unbelievable. And AJ. And you suck, Oksana! You suck, No? <laughs> Is this thing on? That's classic. All right, it's proof that dreams do come true. Congratulations, Caitlin! Yeah, it, was, it just felt like they were just gently cutting, like, real promos because they were just reacting to what had just happened uh afterwards then you had all the all the pros uh leave uh, I, I, or i should say all the all the pros except vicky because vicky was still staying in character uh i don't know i don't know if you noticed this but when they um when they announced caitlin as the winner and then yeah like when all the pros except vicky went down uh down the ramp and met met up with Caitlin and Naomi to congratulate them. Uh, they kept the camera on Vicky, who was still sitting at the at the ramp or or at, at the stage of of the arena, and then she was mm-hmm. she was staying in character where she was just like pretending to be like still mad at Caitlin, even though that she won. But you can tell that she was trying to hold back like tears. You can tell that she was like she was so proud of her. She was so proud. Like you can tell, like that she was literally just trying to like hold back the tears, and because like inside, you can tell she was super proud of her. But uh, character-wise, she had to like stay in character at that point. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really sweet during that part. Consummate professional. Look at exactly. in character and emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I it just it made me really. Uh, it it made me really emotional during that point because it's just one of those things where like even though that yeah you're staying professional like you can tell that there's so much uh emotion throughout everything and that they were genuinely developing a friendship behind behind the scenes so i thought that was really cool definitely oh yeah because she got the rub like you know vicky guerrero was like the hottest heel in wrestling for however long she did it yeah 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 and she just i don't i don't know like it's crazy because it was like how how does the fans hate Eddie Guerrero wife so much? But it was almost like a sign of respect because it was like because she was so over it. She just demanded that reaction. It was like, man, you're killing it. Yeah. Eddie yeah, Guerrero yeah. president, everyone. Yeah. So before we um before we kind of sign off here on season three, where we'll give our overall recap, but um I kind of want to just wrap up and we'll kind of change the order here where we'll kind of give our scores and then we'll jump into the um, our um, overall feedback of what we thought of season three. And then we'll do our season four kind of uh, first impression. So this preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First impression slash preview. Yeah. Uh, so I can go ahead and start it off with the commentary. So I, I kind of need to also look at my scores. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So so for commentary, I gave this a 3.5 just because, yeah, like throughout the night, I think even though that Cole was still playing the heel character, I thought they did a, a really good job of kind of balancing out the the comedy part of it, but also uh, getting over the importance of the show. Michael Cole was still continuing his own separate storyline. And then, as we mentioned, they were still kind of sprinkling in the season four profile. So um, the commentators did a good job of, of getting over um, the importance of the show and also prepping for next week. So yeah, I ended up giving commentary a, a 3.5 there. 
I had commentary as a three and I got torn because I wanted to go lower at times. And then at times I wanted to go higher because some of the stuff that they slipped in there, I thought was hella funny. And then some of the other stuff that kind of like on Josh's behalf, I felt was a little uncalled for sometimes because he would be kind of kind of heelish, a little too heelish with yeah with Cole. And it's like, all right, I get enough of that from Cole. I don't need that from you. That's but true. Kind of like really back in there and just be himself. And it was like, all right, I, you know, and then there was just a lot to digest. So I felt like the commentators took took you on a, a, a long ride, but like they were all necessary given there was so much going on at the time apparently so i went three because i thought that uh you know at times it went below but then it went back up and then like just uh, uh, on average i'd give the commentary a solid three that that makes sense i i think that's a good uh yeah no i'm just yeah i'm i'm, I'm solid there three <laughs> had to question myself for a little bit yeah all right and then um match wise i also went three i thought um the the six women tag was was a nice quick sprint um i didn't want any more from from it and it gave me enough i didn't want any less i thought the the time of, of the match was perfect for everyone like i said earlier for get their stuff to get their stuff in um the 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 match between the two uh finalists i thought was decent enough um i wish caitlin had more of a repertoire at this point yeah but yeah. given the fact that she, you know she had her first match in the show i'll give her a pass so i i didn't want to like ding the match for anything because i had to take it in in account of like naomi's experience versus caitlin's almost inexperience so i thought just overall for the matches i and then given just like the whole season of everything we've been getting, I went three. Nice. Yeah, I uh I think you convinced me because I was originally gonna give it a, a two, but I think you reminded me of how good the the six uh diva tag team match was. So I bumped it a little bit to a two point five because yeah, I, I think the chemistry between the Bellas and AJ were really good and they were kind of leading that match, as I mentioned earlier, since uh, their opponents were three, three rookie divas. Um, and on top of that, like they were probably some of the least experienced rookie divas, because when you compare it to um, like what AJ and Naomi were, um, they weren't or mm-hmm. I should say I should say AJ was a part of the match. And but at the same time, she was teaming with the Bellas, So that kind of made the other team a little bit unbalanced. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I think overall, like combining that with the matchup that you had mentioned with, um, Caitlin and Naomi, um, that was a a little less. So I think, yeah, that's why now I kind of averaged it out to a 2.5 at this point. Uh, after that, then for me on productions and I actually went with a four on this one, uh, just because of everything else that we had mentioned where this is a good job on the productions and as far as like the production team with the video packages and then the bookers themselves kind of like trying to tackle these different storylines at the same time and i think i'm also kind of giving 
an overall season score to this one just because i think overall the the bookers did a really good job this season where despite all the shenanigans that michael cole and josh were doing i think whoever booked this season actually did a good job of getting over all the girls like literally i think all the girls got over because of how well this uh this season was booked because other than other than jamie because like she didn't have that time to shine because she got eliminated at least they put her over because she was the former ring announcer so at least people were still familiar with her and then they were like oh she can wrestle too yeah cool yeah yeah so even though that jamie had the the least amount of time on the season uh i think she even got over at that point just because of uh the exposure that the show gave her um and as we mentioned earlier like caitlin uh they pretty much booked caitlin to be the star overall this season since uh she was a she's a literal nobody in the wrestling world and she ended up coming out the winner of the season so uh so this one is kind of like a cheat where i gave it a four because i thought the episode was done really well but then overall just considering the booking throughout the season you know what you kind of convinced me or kind of won me over i originally went three i just bumped it up to four because uh i did you know you kind of reminded me of the i think I'm, i'm gonna loop like when they cut promos into production just because you know that the that promos are actually, you know, it's like part of production, like somebody exactly. has to write it or like you have to prepare for it. It's part of like you you have to produce it essentially. So like I, I felt that uh, the Dista Diva was really good. And then, you know, just certain things about the production I thought was really was a lot better now on, off of like almost like watching it twice and getting like the the extra set of eyes and a different opinion on it. I thought it was better than, uh, you know, typical episodes or just for like the whole season, the production was pretty good. Like now that I think about it, whereas like, you know, it was a a smaller number of contestants and they, they really worked with less. They did a lot on the production side to keep it and give it that almost like that illusion of grandeur. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was with that. So I, I went four. I upped the score to four. And then uh entertainment wise, I'm gonna stay with my original score and I went three. Oh, okay. Nice. Because like although I thought the production was hella good, it doesn't mean that I was any extra entertained. So I I'm gonna go a solid three there because you know, the matches were solid, they weren't great, yeah, like, and they were kind of quick sprints commentary was kind of up and down so at times where i was highly entertained i was kind of like sometimes you know not as entertained but it's still kind of balanced out overall so i I thought three was appropriate here nice nice no i i agree uh i also kind of went a little lower where i gave uh production a four but i I gave this a 3.5 uh just because of what you had mentioned where I think on combining the match quality and the production one, uh, production knocked it out of the park. But I think, yeah, match wise is is about an average just because when we combined the two matches, like um, I enjoyed some spots, but it wasn't as entertaining. But then when we had like the uh, the challenges and the promos, I think that's where like the entertainment factor kicked up, kicked kicked up for me. So um, Mm -hmm. that's why I kind of balanced it around a a 3.5. 
Uh, cool. So, our combined score for the season three finale is a 3.3, which, yeah, that actually... That actually makes sense since we kind of gave out some fours, but we also gave out like some lower numbers. So, um, that, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I bet. I mean, that's, you know, almost like the average. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, we, we did, I feel like we got a lot of, uh, 3.3s in here. Yeah. Pretty solid, you know, continuation season, nice different change of pace with different, different genders, competitors. Less stakes on the line, I guess. Yeah. We still don't know what the, the, the winner gets here other than the spot. But kind of, you know, they all, I feel like they all ended up almost getting spots after this. Yeah. So that's probably the or perfect. Like back to FCW, maybe. Yeah. So that was actually going to be a, a perfect segue back into uh, our uh, season three recap where I'll kind of go down the line here from the uh, original teams. So we had the Bella Twins and their rookie was Jamie Keys. So what was kind of interesting about this is I think Jamie Keys, when she got eliminated, I think she got released from the company a couple of weeks afterwards just because uh, by this point, yeah, they had moved Tony Chimo over full time to NXT and they um, they kind of just kind of like kept her there. But then. I guess they didn't really have anything for her to do. And since she wasn't part of the the season anymore, they kind of quietly released her. And that's why we weren't seeing her on future episodes as well. Uh, so that's also the other reason why we had a random like Bella and AJ match, because at that point, yeah, they could have thrown Jamie in there to kind of balance out the numbers. But since she was no longer part of the company um, and I was kind of surprised that they actually somehow brought her back for for this episode just to kind of give her um her opinion on who she thought she was going to win because yeah by this point she she wasn't technically a part of the company anymore so that i thought that was that's kind right of, i thought it was kind of interesting <laughs> uh and then yeah with after that then yeah we had goldust and oksana and yeah oksana pretty much i think after a couple of weeks or months that's when she had moved over to the to the uh, the full-time um schedule where she was part of smackdown and i think that's where she started teaming up with cesaro and went into the infamous black hair version of oksana <laughs> uh so yeah like it it's kind of crazy like she best version yeah so so she didn't win but she ended up you know getting picked up either way uh, and then same thing with Naomi. She ended up getting called up as well. I don't know the time frame because I also don't want to give away uh, what happens in season four. But um, uh, doesn't she become a funkadactyl? She you could just say that. Yeah, <laughs> she does. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But, but I think you're right here where she ended up staying with the company. And I believe she had moved down to uh, FCW at this point to to kind of keep her her in-ring work going. Uh, AJ, same thing. She ended up sticking around and she started becoming more of a, uh, a regular on Ron's Ron SmackDown. Uh, Maxine, I believe also stuck around and was a part of season, season five with, with redemption. So she ended up sticking around 
And as we know, yeah, Caitlin ended up winning. So she ended up sticking around for a while as well. So, yeah, overall, this season did did what it was supposed to do and got pretty much every every uh, talent over at, in, in one way or another. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, they really like everybody, you know, like the way you recapped it there, everybody did go their separate routes and most of them stayed with the company. So that was really cool to see that, uh, you know, a large number of them got themselves over versus like, you know, the Nexus. Yeah. They all made appearances, but like they weren't all over individually. That, yeah, that, that, and when I'm kind of just thinking about it with, with season two, for example, by this point, uh, Eli Cottonwood wasn't there anymore. Um, Caval didn't last that long either because he got his title shot nope. and 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 didn't win. So from there he he also left, uh, and he was the season yep. season two winner. So that's kind of crazy, like how already like the guys from season two didn't really do too much compared to uh, they really the, did not. They kind of fizzled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it it just shows you like a lot of people kind of talk trash or or you know pick apart this season but season three ended up being probably like better than i expected it to when we kind of recapped it so i'll definitely like i had mentioned it earlier i'll definitely give a lot of credit to the talent but also the the production team on this because they did a really good job of of getting everyone over at this point definitely so yeah that will kind of wrap it up for season three but before we headed out we did want to go back and talk about these season four previews and also just give our first like impressions and sneak peek at season four uh so as i mentioned they were kind of showing these really short vignettes like probably like 15 to 20 seconds long they're they're usually not that long when they're kind of just doing the introduction ones uh so i guess we can kind of trade off here where i'll start it off and the first pairing that they showed off was our boy R Truth and a young Fandango in Johnny Curtis. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, what did you uh, what did you think of this pairing here? Just like not not anything with season four itself, but just like the announcement of this of this pairing here. I you know what I didn't really have too much of an opinion. I think it was just cool to see R Truth because he still kind of looked the same, but his hair is longer. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh seeing Johnny Curtis, whom I didn't know was from Maine. I don't know where I thought he was from, but he's from oh, Maine. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I picked up from that. Like I didn't have no real impression. Like, you know, like throwing out the benefit of hindsight of knowing what he becomes. Like I just kind of looked at him and was like, Johnny Curtis from Maine. Yeah. Boom. I and then um they, yeah, they, what'd you think? They um yeah, it was it's kind of interesting. Like I said, it was a super quick one, but they did a good job of telling his backstory where he had said he had already been wrestling since he was the, uh, since he was 15. So I, I had no clue that um, Fandango slash Johnny Curtis was like wrestling for X amount of years already. So he's definitely like, he was already kind of experienced back then. And he's definitely a veteran uh, in real time, you know, <laughs> I know super vet. Yeah. Effing guy. Man, all right. So who's next? So, oh yeah, we got uh your boy Chris Masters. Yes. <laughs> and uh and his rookie Byron Saxton. Yeah. 
whom we know very well nowadays. But yeah, it's yeah. very interesting to see good old whom I'm I'm gonna uh, label pro wrestling Carlton. Yeah, yeah. And Byron Saxon. He he's literally playing like a cocky spoiled kid. So yeah, like that's pretty much the gimmick right there. He reminds me of uh, Christopher Nowitzki. Oh Nowitzki? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nowitzki, right? Nowit Nowitzki. Yeah, that dude. That uh, was that season? No, that was a tough enough guy. Yeah, he was a right? tough enough guy. Yeah, he was a tough enough guy. Yeah. All right, I'm like definitely mixing him up with NXT people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Carlton and Christopher Nowitzki mixed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a pretty Byron, good description. Byron Saxon. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got for Byron Saxon, buddy. And then we got my guy, Ted DiBiase Jr., because <laughs> he comes from money. <laughs> I love how they uh, they play like their theme songs in the background slightly so you can still hear them. It's almost like elevator music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come from money. And he's like talking with Maurice. And it's like you just hear it in the background. And mm-hmm. then his uh, rookie is a good old Brodus Clay, whom I didn't know was from California. I don't know how that slipped through the cracks but i guess he's from long beach yeah i wasn't ready for that yeah and then they um they also kind of get over his uh his ties to snoop dog being his his former bodyguard and everything um i i remember this but i forgot it at the same time <laughs> no i i didn't know any of that i mean maybe i did and it just like kind of went over my head because i really didn't like brothers clay back in the day i wasn't mm-hmm. a fan it was kind i i did some uh some research and I'll, I'll definitely bring it up to your, during our season four premiere. But, um, cause I remember him, I, I know you don't watch, um, glow, but he was part of, um, glow with, uh, Carlito. They actually play, uh, brothers on the show. And I, I just kind of did a quick search before the show. And during this time when he was, uh, DiBiase's, uh, rookie, he was actually 37 already. I didn't know. Oh, he's one of those kind of like Batista type of dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he's like a political commentator on Fox News or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super random. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Super random. So yeah, after after that, then we got our boy Mr. Ziggles, <laughs> and he, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the night, he got introduced by Vicky, and then uh, Dolph ended up introducing his rookie, which is. Jacob Novak and I think you and I probably had the same reaction when we were like who the hell is this guy (laughs) I have no idea I was hoping you knew who that was because I didn't even look at your notes yeah like I have no idea who this dude is and I feel like I like even with hindsight I don't remember him I I hope you got something because I have no idea who this dude is yeah I I really don't remember this guy at all. Like from from this promo, I remember slightly that he had like good mic skills based off this promo. I was like, okay, I kind of remember him having like a decent like promo voice and promo and um, that could cut a promo. But other than that, I don't remember like what his character is. I don't remember his matches. So going into season four, I'm definitely going to be in like brand new mode where everything that I see is going to feel like brand new at that point, you know? True. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how, uh, our boy 
Jacob Novak does in season four. <laughs> Very true. And then after that, we get the returning good old D. Brian, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Nice to see him being all young, spry, and strapping. And then we get his pro, Derek Bateman, whom is very familiar to us now under another alias of what is it, Ethan Carter the Third? Yes, Mister Mister Carter the Third. EC three Derek Bateman. What did he call himself? He said he was an adventurous hunk of a man, savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pairing for this one is pretty pretty funny. Like I remember snippets of like their shenanigans during season four but um i think this is probably similar to when um what's his face when alex riley and the miz were teamed up like these guys seem like they're gonna have like a good time as like pro and uh pro and rookie uh very true and then at the same time yeah like i believe that daniel bryan is now the first one to be a former rookie now turn pro for NXT at this point. I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think. <laughs> All right. And then so we get uh, uh, who he's like very hot at this time, right? Alberto Del Rio, who's the next pro that we're, we got here. He yeah. He's like on fire. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The real did a lot. Like now, kind of like remembering all the stuff that he did. He won like the forty man Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and Money in the Bank, and he was like WWE champion like eleven times or something like that. Yeah. But then uh, we get his rookie, Connor O'Brien, Mister O'Brien, not not Conan Connor. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Connor O'Brien. Whom uh, we get reintroduced much, much later as one half of Ascension. But right now, I didn't really have much of an impression of him. He was just kind of like there. Yeah. And he's definitely not as yoked as he was uh, later on. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy seeing his body transformation that we're going to see here Mm. because it's he's kind of like a a slimmer uh, version of what he ended up becoming later on with the Ascension. So uh yeah i'll i'll definitely point it out when he he reaches that that build uh when he ascends the the full sale era yes Mm. when he when he starts ascending (laughs) exactly it'll be interesting interesting to see how he interacts with del rio too i don't i don't really i don't remember any of this season yeah no i I think this is definitely where I started tuning out because with season three, I I remember catching the the first few episodes when it was still on sci-fi. Uh, and then I think I kept watching it just to see who won. But with season four, that's when it was already like oh, an exclusive WWE.com show. So I really didn't catch up to it. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't as easy to access compared to to nowadays with youtube and the wwe network so yeah this this season was definitely it's going to feel brand new when we when we start watching these for sure nice very nice uh but yeah that's pretty much our our recap for the profiles and overall like our first impressions so like i like like we just said i i i can't wait to get started with these episodes just because like uh I think now we're fun. You know how like when you're told not to like swim past a certain part uh, when you're out in the ocean. I think this is the part for us. Like we're really going to start getting into 
the territory where like we're not as familiar where where uh where we normally started at so it's gonna it's gonna be kind of exciting to to watch these episodes because it's gonna be like a brand new experience at that point it's, it's like oh man we've never swam this far yeah yeah <laughs> see if we keep our feet see if we keep our feet underneath and stay afloat and you know swim to the other side of this season proverbially it it's pre- proverbially for for me anyway it's going to feel like i i have to keep swimming until i recognize the full sail island at this point <laughs> nice yeah yeah, yeah. well we go to full sail after this or no we have a long stretch and i think that's for we're going to figure it out when we get there because after season 4 is where we enter the infamous NXT redemption era and I think oh, that's like ha- limbo. That's when they bring everybody out and then it's like goes higgledy piggledy. It goes like left, right and up and down. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely figure that out on that one out when we get there. But we're probably going to have to divide divide uh, those into like separate seasons just because it, it just goes on forever at that point. But mm, we'll, okay. uh, we'll definitely let everyone know how we'll uh, we'll cover those episodes once we get there. Uh, but yeah, that will pretty much do it. The only other thing I was going to, the only thing I was going to do very quickly before we, uh, we headed off was I was going to do a quick stat tracker here. Quick recap with season three that, uh, AJ Lee ended up having the most matches where she had nine matches overall. And she also had the best record where she had seven wins and two losses, uh, Oksana ended up having the worst um, track record where she only had two victories and six losses. And Jamie Keys, uh, she went undefeated, but she only had two matches. So, <laughs> uh, hey, still undefeated, still, baby. Still undefeated. <laughs> and as we mentioned before, AJ actually added two more submission victories for the overall NXT history. So now we have three in total. <laughs> so that was the most submissions in one season, right? Yes. Yes. So we're definitely going to keep track of that. <laughs> uh, and then our overall total count when we combined all the seasons, we've had a total of 95 matches so far. So we're we're going to break the 100 uh, bar in the first few episodes for sure. Uh, and right now we currently have a grand total of uh, a grand match total of eight hours and 34 minutes and a grand show total of 31 hours for for all the seasons so far. A little over a third of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that is pretty much going to do it for this. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to nickname it now. This is going to be like an extended season finale episode since we went a little bit longer than we normally do um and might as well just cap it off here with some uh some shout outs i'm just pulling up the old twitter so i can make sure i i get everyone's handle correctly so definitely wanted to give a shout out to our wrestling podcast family on social media with uh clark street wrestling we've definitely given out shout outs to our boys before just because they've been knocking it out of the park with their amazing reviews so you can check them out at clark street wrestling for their twitter it's clark underscore wrestling 
Uh, from there, you'll find links to their YouTube channel, their TikTok, and other social medias. Then I wanted to give a shout out to our other boys on the Tune Suite podcast. They pretty much do these really cool podcasts where they review the music of wrestling. Uh, they pretty much cover everything, where they cover WWE themes, NXT themes, AEW themes, and yeah, they provide some pretty um, entertainment, <laughs> entertaining commentary with those. So I would I definitely check it out. And then last but not least, definitely want to give a shout out to our friend uh, Wrestlebred uh, JD. She does also an amazing job, especially since she does a solo podcast. So that's already impressive mm. impressive to me that she can like knock out like a podcast on her own and just does an amazing job covering the state of wrestling pretty much on her own so definitely shout out for her and thanks you can um check her out on uh wrestlebred yeah it, it, I'll, I'll definitely make sure to put all these plugs in there um as well uh and then yeah did you, did you have anything that you wanted to plug before we uh signed off here I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Going out on a high note. I will say, I will say, yes. If you haven't followed us, follow us now. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, this this is uh you know don't you didn't already tuned in on the season finale. Just go back and get some context, please. Yes, and then if you need to recap us on all of our podcast platforms. Check out our YouTube channel. Uh, catch up before we start doing season four. And that's all I got. <laughs> so from your boy, L-Dog, a.k.a. Larry Larry, this is your boy, Primo Nando, and we will see you next time. We'll never see you again. We're going to have new hosts. No. No.